الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا رسول الله We praise God Almighty, our Lord, our Creator, and our Sustainer. We praise Him and we thank Him for the many multitude of blessings that He has bestowed upon us through our lives and on this day of Jummah. And we declare loudly and clearly that there is no deity worthy of worship except for God Almighty. And that Muhammad, may God's peace and mercy and blessings be upon him, is his messenger and guide and mercy to humanity. My dear brothers and sisters, I've shared with you in the past the important need for us as Muslims to be educated about our faith to be empowered by knowledge of our faith because we have on our shoulders a very heavy burden. In today's day and age, we, we are carrying with us a tremendous task that Allah has placed upon us. We are carrying the weight of not only following the principles and the teachings and the values of our faith, but of representing those to the society in which we live. And as we are well aware, through media and through other sources, most of our fellow citizens here in the United States know little to nothing about our faith. And so it behooves us as Muslims to empower ourselves, to equip ourselves with the ability to counter some of that negativity and some of that misinformation. Most importantly, we do that through our actions. Most importantly, we do that through how we conduct ourselves in our professional lives, in our interactions with, with others around us. But it's also important for us to have our, found, our foundation strong with our faith and to be smart about how it is that we articulate what it is that we believe about God and about the way in which God has sent guidance to humanity, not only through our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, may God's peace and mercy be upon him and blessings, but also as we live here in a predominantly Christian land, that we learn how to draw upon our commonalities and to elucidate through referencing our common heritage, our common theology, a clear understanding of the Islamic faith. And so as I've shared with you in the past, in the past, the narrative in summary of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, today I would like to share with you a narrative that we can bring forward out of today's Jummah Khutbah and share with our fellow American citizens here in the United States. For we are blessed in the scripture of the Qur'an itself with stories, narratives that summarize 
and capture the essence of the wisdom of the scriptures that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of revelation that he has inspired in the prophets that came before. We have the, in, the encapsulated version, the cliff notes version, if you will, of those previous scriptures. And the story of Prophet Isa alayhi salam, Jesus, peace be upon him, was uh, told in many places in the Quran, or is told in many places in the Quran, but I'm going to share with you portion of the narrative as told in Surah, surah number 3, Surah Al-Imran, that in a very beautiful few verses uh, articulates not only who Jesus was and his place in Islam, but the context in which he was teaching and the context in which he was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by God Almighty. But the story does not begin with Jesus, the pro Prophet Isa The story begins before that with his family. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَعْدَ اللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ اسْتَفَى آدَمَ وَنُوحًا وَآلَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَآلَ عِمْرَانَ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ God, behold, God has raised Adam and Noah and the house of Abraham and the house of Imran above all of mankind. Abra uh, uh, Prophet Isa came from a good family. He came from a family that was connected to God, that was connected to God and that was close and conscious of, of God in their uh, dealings and in their lives. And God is reminding us of the importance of family by highlighting this, of having a family that is connected to God. Because when we're looking at the story of Jesus, it's not only so that we can represent it to our neighbors and our friends, but that we may learn something to inspire our own hearts. So, so Isa salam came from a good family. One in a line of descent, and God was, is all-hearing and all-knowing. But the focus in this surah, in this narrative, doesn't start only in general terms with his family, but the focus is on the mother. It's interesting when I meet with my, my Christian colleagues, Christian leaders, and I'm speaking in Christian churches, I'll recite some of these verses, and in the verses that, that I'm going to recite here, listen to them first, I ask the audience, who is this about to be born? And we will listen and see if it becomes clear. وَإِذْ قَالَتِ امْرَأَةُ عِمْرَانَ رَبِّ إِنِّي نَذَرْتُ لَكَ مَا فِي بَطْنِي مُحَرَّرًا فَتَقَبَّلْ مِنِّي إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ When the woman of the house of Amran prayed, O oh my sustainer, behold, unto thee I do vow the child in my womb to be devoted to your service, my Lord. Accept my child then from me. Verily, you alone are all-hearing and all-knowing. And of course, we all might imagine, for those who aren't familiar with this narrative, that this is Maryam speaking about Prophet Isa, about Jesus. Right? That's not the case. This is the narrative of the birth of the mother of Jesus, Maryam. May God be pleased with her. It starts with the mother. And listen to her role 
in the narrative of Jesus and is told in the Quran by God Almighty. And I'm going to skip the Arabic because it's a bit of a long narrative, uh, except on occasion I recite some verses. But when she had given birth to the child, this is the mother of Maryam now, when the mother of Mary had given birth to the child, she said, Oh my sustainer, behold, I have given birth to a female. Now at that time, it was a chauvinistic society, and she thought, I'm giving birth to a female. How can a female offspring be dedicated to God and be an inspiration to humanity? She had dedicated, not knowing that her child was going to be a woman, a girl, a female, she had dedicated to God her offspring and was disappointed when it was a girl thinking that this would not be acceptable. This would not be acceptable. She's just a girl because that was the context in which she was raised. It was a chauvinistic society. But listen to the response of God Almighty. And God is fully aware, fully aware of what she had given birth to. And that, and that male, the male offspring is different than the female. God is fully aware, aware of this. And she named her Maryam, and she asked God to protect her from Satan. So here's, here's God's response. And thereupon her, sustain, her sustainer, her Lord, accepted the dedication of Maryam, of Mary, mother of Jesus. He accepted the dedication of Mary to him in his service a goodly acceptance, and caused her to go. فَتَقَبَّلَهَا رَبُّهَا بِقُبُولٍ حَسَنٍ فَتَقَبَّلَهَا رَبُّهَا بِقُبُولٍ حَسَنٍ بِقَبُولٍ حَسَنٍ وَأَنْبَتَهَا نَبَاتًا حَسَنًا وَكَفَّلَهَا زَكَرِيَّةً So thereupon God accepted Miriam from her mother in her in dedication to him, and caused her to grow up in a goodly, a goodly manner, and placed her in the care of Zechariah, of Zachariah, Zachariah, alayhi salam. Now, as for Mary, the mother of Mary's concern that her daughter would not be able to inspire humanity, look at the example of her inspiration, even as a young child. كلما دخل عليها زكريا المحراب وجد عندها رزقا. Every time Zakaria entered upon her as a young child, he found her uh, in prayer. He found her uh, provided with sustenance. Somehow miraculously. Now the details of what that exactly means aren't mentioned in the Quran. Whether there was some kind of food or some kind of spiritual sustenance, he found her spirituality, her connection to God Almighty inspiring. Whenever he entered upon her, he found that she was given provision whenever he entered upon her in the prayer niche. Now he's the adult. He's the one who was taking care of her and raising her. But whenever he entered upon her in the prayer sanctuary, he found her provided, provided for. And he would ask, where did you get this from, Maryam? Qalat, huwa min Allah. Huwa min She said, this is from God Almighty. 
That God gives provision to whoever He wills without account. So here the grown-up, the one who's taking care of her, finds her miraculously being provided for by God. He's, even though he's a faithful, comes from a good family, he's inspired by this connection. And look at the influence that Maryam has on Zakaria. From that spot, Zakaria, inspired by Maryam, he goes into that prayer space, that sanctuary, that mihrab. This is a mihrab. He went to that mihrab, inspired by the example of Maryam, and he asked God for what he needed, for what he really desired, what he really wanted in life. And what is it that he wanted? He wanted a righteous son. He wanted, a, he wanted an offspring. He wanted a child. Walad doesn't mean boy. He wanted a child. In classical Arabic, walad just means child, someone that's born. And so he went in that spot, inspired by the example of Maria, Maryam, when she was miraculously provided, and he made supplication to God Almighty. Oh my Lord, give me a, a, a righteous, give me righteous offspring. You are the one who hears the supplication. And in that spot, while he's standing in prayer, the angels come to him, come to Zachariah, and give him the good news that he has been gifted from God Almighty. He's given the good news by God Almighty of John the Baptist, of John. The prophet John, may God's peace and blessings be upon him. Yahya. Now, I know some people named Yahya here, and it's kind of a difficult name to say. Some people say Yahya. All right, so Yahya in English, John. He was given the good news of John. He was given the good news. But here's what makes it truly remarkable. He, he responds in disbelief. Here the angels are coming and responding to his call, giving him the good news that he's going to have a child. And even there, he's, in, he's not quite sure. He says, He said, How could it possibly be that I am going to be gifted a son when I'm an old man and my wife is barren? As, 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 uh, that is, uh, nonetheless, God will uh, provide whoever He wills. Even though it seems impossible to our perception, God can answer the supplication. So here Maryam is part of the story of Jesus in our tradition. We're inspired by her faith, and we learn from her faith, and it can... Uh, teach us how to connect to God Almighty. And this is the legacy of Maryam. This is the legacy of Maryam. Now Maryam, similarly, is in the mihrab, and the angels come and give her the news now of a child. Now, she was still very young and was unmarried, as we all know. And she is now, herself, even though she inspired Zakaria, she is now in disbelief. She says, how can I have a child with no 
no one has touched me. I am chaste. No one has touched me. How can I possibly have a child? And God gives her the same answer. Yeah. And God creates who He wills. And God creates who He wills. But before giving her the good news, and this is an important part of the story, before giving her the weighty news, because remember, she lived in a, in a context. She lived in a society. If an unmarried young woman is pregnant, she's going to face a lot of pressure. So before the good news, she is inspired with revelation. She is inspired with this instruction. And the angels told Maryam, God has elected thee and made thee pure and raised thee above all of the women of the world. That's a very high rank. God has informed her of this high rank. O Maryam, remain thou truly devout to thy, to thy Lord, to thy sustainer, and prostrate yourself in worship and bow down with those who bow down before him. And this account of something that was beyond the reach of thy perception we now reveal unto thee, O those who are listening. God tells us, as those who are listening to the Qur'an, For thou were not with them, when they drew lots as to which one of them should be Maryam's guardian. And thou were not with them, when they contended about it with one another. So God is reminding us that he is giving the narrative from the truth and the source of himself about the, tr the reality of what happened in history. Lo, the angel said, O Maryam, God sends thee the glad tidings through a word from him. إِذْ قَالَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ يَا مَرْيَمُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُبَشِّرُكَ بِكَلِمَةٍ يُبَشِّرُكِ بِكَلِمَةٍ مِنْهُ إِسْمُهُ الْمَسِيحُ عِيسَى بْنُ مَرْيَمُ وَجِيهًا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَمِنَ الْمُقَرَّبِينَ And the angel, angel said, O Maryam, behold, God sends thee the glad tidings through a word from him of a son who shall become known as Christ. Jesus Christ. Christ is just the Greek word from the Arabic, or from the Aramaic, Hebrew Arabic, Messiah. Messiah is the anointed one, the one who's been chosen or selected and through a symbolic wiping, or masaha, right? A wiping with the oil, anointed. And we believe that Jesus was purified and selected by God and is Christ, is the Messiah. Christ not in the sense of part of the Trinity and not in the sense of someone to whom we direct our prayer. But he is in a special category, having been selected by God with this miraculous birth and empowered to do uh, with these miracles to convey unto uh, humanity the signs of God Almighty. So we give you, O Maryam, the glad, God gives her the glad tidings through a word from him of a son who shall become known as the Christ, Jesus, son of Mary, of great honor in this world and in the life to come, and shall be of those who are drawn near unto God. Let us reflect upon this miraculous set of events and the implications that it has for our faith in God and the lessons that we can draw from it from our own lives. Ask Allah for forgiveness. He is the one who hears all of your prayers.
الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. My dear brothers and sisters, it is very important for us to educate ourselves about our religion so that we may practice it more fully, that we may draw near unto God, and also to fulfill the charge that we've been given by God to represent our faith accurately. It's not our job to impose our faith upon anyone, but it is our job to convey the message accurately. And that we can do through our conduct and through our correct understanding that we can acquire through study of the, the text of the Qur'an and the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. May God's peace and blessings be upon him. And we see in the, in the narrative, in the Qur'an, of the story of Jesus, a link for us in this Christian context for us to convey an important message, a shared value, because we see in Jesus not just a symbol of God's mercy, for we do see that, but our focus is not just on the symbolism of Jesus, but it's on the actual teachings of Jesus. And here is where I would like to focus the second part of my khutbah. For he was born miraculously. Now, it's important to note that as he was born miraculously in this context, the first miracle, which isn't even narrated in the Christian sources, the first miracle that, that he performs after being miraculously born is that he defends his, the honor of his mother by speaking as an infant from the cradle. From the cradle, as, an, as a newborn. He speaks from that position and defends the chastity of his mother so that she, her honor is intact. And that in doing so, he is a sign by this miraculous utterance, uh, he's a sign from God, as opposed to it just being a scandal about a young woman who has a child outside of wedlock. He is acknowledged and recognized widely as a miraculous child. And people come from far and wide. And as he grows, and he grows through a period where he's not well known in his teachings, but he, as he grows and he becomes... Uh, mature, he comes back and he has a message that he conveys. And here is how the Quran characterizes this message. Here is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala summarizes the teachings of Jesus. He says that here he came, here comes, he sent Jesus, peace be upon him, as an apostle to the children of Israel, saying, I have come unto you with a message from your sustainer. And he performed miracles like creating the bird. Uh, and then breathing into it life so that people would be convinced that this is something very miraculous and something done by the permission of God. And he healed the blind and the leopard and he brought back the, brought, brought back the dead to, the, to life. And he told them about their affairs, what they should store in their houses, etc. Behold, in all of this there is indeed a message for all of you if you are truly believers. And he says, and I have come to confirm the truth. This is the part that I want to emphasize. I have come to confirm the truth of what you have before you of the Torah. So he's coming, confirming the main principles and teachings of the Torah, of the Torah, and to make lawful unto you some things which were aforetime forbidden. So in other words, he took the message of the Torah, he took the teachings that the, that the Israelites had at the time and he wanted to bring the focus away from the letter of the law to the spirit of the law. He wanted it to be about 
not just fulfilling commandments, but being connected to God and being compassionate for your fellow human being. And this is the teaching of Jesus, to be moderate, to be uh, connected to God and to be in service of your fellow human being. And I have come to un uh, unto you with a message of, of your sustainer, remain then conscious of God and paid heed unto me. And as we all know, in the teachings of Jesus, as emphasized in the Quran and in other sources, the message of Jesus was about compassion and about love and about serving his fellow human being and not being judgmental and not being harsh. And he was an example for us of forgiveness. And my last khutbah, I talked to you about forgiveness. And I'm going to conclude with this one story of how Jesus, may God's peace and blessings be upon him, is an example for us in this regard. As you know, last week, this last Sunday, there was a lot uh, surrounding the 10th anniversary of 9-11. But one story that you might not have heard was that shortly after 9-11, someone who claimed the Christian faith, in retribution against anyone who he thought was Muslim, went to convenience stores in Texas and shot and killed two people and shot a third man in the face at point-blank range, thinking that he had killed him as well. And he confessed to the crimes, and he said he did it in revenge for 9-11. That man was caught, he confessed, he was put on death row in Texas, and he was a drug user, a, a declared a white supremacist. He had some you know, troubled youth from the time he was younger, but he had in those 10 years time to reflect. And he repented, and he became more practicing of his Christianity. But what he said right before he was executed, and he was executed in July, just a couple of months ago, he said, coming from a position of a white supremacist, someone who is bigoted and hate-filled hate of Muslims, he said, I have grown from the example of the person who I shot and tried to kill. I have grown from his example. I have respect, and what he has done speaks volumes. Because the person who he shot and tried to kill was the one who had sued the Texas governor trying to get him to stop the execution. He said, my Islamic faith, and we can credit in part of that to the teachings of not only the Prophet Muhammad, but teachings of Jesus and others in the Quran. He said, my Islamic faith has taught me not to carry hatred, and I had forgiven him years ago. And as a victim of his violent crime, I want to stop the cycle of violence. He should serve his time in prison on life and uh, life sentence, but should not be executed. And he sued the governor. He lost, but he sued the governor trying to fight for this person's life. And this person was interviewed. His name is Mark Stroman. He was interviewed in the days before his, before his execution. And he said that he had tremendous respect and, uh, and appreciation for the victim. He said, well, I tried killing his life, and he's trying to save mine. What an awesome example of a Muslim who in the face of someone who tried to kill him, not only forgives him, but tries to save his life. O Allah, forgive us for our shortcomings. Let us not to carry hatred in our hearts. Let us to learn from the examples of all of the prophets, including Prophet Jesus and the Prophet Muhammad O Allah, you are our Lord, our guide, and our strength. Forgive us our shortcomings, for we are truly in need of your mercy. 
استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله وآخر دعنا آخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين أقم الصلاة